Well, grace, peace, and mercy be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Are you willing? Are you willing? Are you willing in that moment when God says, yep, you. That's right, come over here, I'm pointing, come this way, that's right. I want you here for this time, right now. I have a word of the Lord for you. I want it to be ingested into the very soul of your being. I want the word of God to transform you. Are you willing? Are you willing that when the Word of God comes to you through either proclaimed Word or through reading, are you willing to hear the Word of the Lord and put it into action? Are you willing? Are you willing when family members say to you, yeah, it's not really all about being that gung-ho. I mean, you've got to pace yourself. Life is long. Are you willing to stand against mediocrity? Are you willing to stand against the way the world thinks? Are you willing to take a stand and be utilized by God for His time, His purpose, His will, His way? Are you willing? Are you willing when the neighbor who has not loved you with their whole heart at all, that you have simply endured time in and time again, are you willing to show them grace. That person that's offended you all your life, I don't like how they talk, I don't like how they act. Are you willing to have God soften your heart and forgive? Are you willing? Are you willing when God says, absolutely, beyond a shadow of a doubt, I want you to stay in the covenant of the marriage in which you have promised yourself, and I don't care how hard it is, but you stay there. Work it out. Be God-pleasing about it. Are you willing to do what's hard? What's challenging? Are you willing? The way research talks about Christians in the United States, we're not willing. We're not willing to tithe, give the first fruits of our income. We're not willing. I mentioned a couple of weeks ago the average household income in monuments around $90,000, which would mean each family would give about $9,000 a year. We have roughly 400 giving unit families at Family of Christ. That would be $3.6 million a year. We have a $1.2 million budget that we seem to struggle to get to. Are we willing to honor God with first fruits giving? Are we willing? Are we willing to sacrifice when God says, I know you could sleep in in the morning, But I have reserved the Sabbath day. I would like you to keep it holy. I would like you to get up, get out into the cold, slide down however many number of hills you must because I want to hear you praise my name together with other people. 
Well, you know, God, my relationship with you is kind of between us. And, well, it's, you know, it's not meant to be a showboat. We're not supposed to be praying and singing. So everyone goes, whoa, what a great singer. Whoa, what a great praiser. Oh, their hands are raised. Oh, it's not about that. But it's about the body of Christ being together to honor God in everything we do. Are you willing? There are many things that happen in this life. A lot of times they happen simply because of the result of our own sin. When we have pride, it gets in the way of establishing relationships. Because the way we put ourselves off to certain people is, you're beneath me. I'm much smarter than you. I know. I grew up in the church. I know how it should be. Pride. And the result of that are broken relationships and being misunderstood and and challenge upon challenge. And those are not things that God is testing you about. That's just simply your sin getting in the way. There are other things that happen in this life that are challenging where God, for some reason, in his sovereignty, in his immense power, allows the sin of others to affect us. A drunk driver, someone speeding through an intersection, Maybe a person in position of power and authority who takes advantage of you. Parents that belittled you. Sometimes, for whatever reason, again, we don't understand and know, God allows the sin of others to to impact us. And then there's a third grouping. And this third grouping is what happens here today in the reading of our text from Genesis chapter 22. It starts out and it says that God tested Abraham. Now how many of you in your regular, weekly, or daily devotions add that beautiful little sentence, maybe at the end or the beginning of your prayer, where you say, and God, please test me this week. Yeah, how many... How many of you have ever prayed? How many of you can say, you know, I have never said that in a prayer. I I will guarantee you I have never said that. You're missing out. (laughs) I'm here to tell you today, you are missing out. You see, some of you live in fear. You live in fear of what God might take away from you. You live in fear of what God may try to do to you. You live in fear of what God Almighty, the creator of the universe, who does incredible things, you fear. I'm comfortable. It's taken me 20, 30 years to kind of get where we got a status quo. I mean, we're just kind of breathing again. So for some of you, kids are 18. (laughs) We got time. For others of you, it's, well, I'm just so glad the kids are driving. They can go on their own. Others of you are going, my kid can get up, change his own diaper, and get a bowl of cereal, and we are praising God. (laughs) Yeah, see, no, I know where you're at. (laughs) Just got out of that stage. Are you willing? Here's the question, are you willing to be tested by God? Are you willing in that testing to be pushed beyond anything you have ever imagined? Are you willing? And again, God is not out to get you. He is not out to punish. He is not out to hurt. 
He is out to transform, though. He is out to radically change how you live your life, spend your money, spend your time, who you interact with. If he can have a moldable heart, there is no telling what God can do. And this story is an exact, exactly from Scripture, the point God is trying to get across is this. Are you willing? Because when you are, I will bless the socks off of you. Sometime later, God, for those of you following along, and we'll uh, look at the scripture here, Bob, uh, starting with verse 1. Sometime later, God tested Abraham, and he said to him, Abraham, and Abraham said, here I am. Here I am. Here's the first bit this morning. Abraham was listening. Do you know how many times God has been saying, huh, I wonder who will go for us, Isaiah. I don't know, you get to see the glory, the benefit of all of my miracles. You get to stand in the throne room where the train of my robe fills the temple. Smoke, angels, power. Isaiah 6, if you want to know where that's at. Isaiah's going, um, okay, what's going on? Lots of worshiping happening. And God goes, hmm, I wonder who we could send. What prophet might speak for us? And Isaiah's looking around and, Hey, how about me? Are you listening? Are you willing? Because here's the deal. You can study God's word your whole life. There are many of you who know way more Bible verses than I do. Great, good for you. You've been in more Bible studies than I've ever been or will ever lead. Awesome, great for you. But many of you have also been the kind of people that all you ever do is study God's word. You never put it into action and shame on you. And shame on me for letting it happen. As your spiritual shepherd, I should be pushing you and not allowing you to be comfortable. That's on me. And so, absolutely, we're going to teach and we're going to proclaim and you're going to learn God's word. But I also now am going to expect you to put it into action. Absolutely. And you're going to hold one another accountable for putting it into action. Which means... When you pray the Lord's Prayer and you say, forgive us our sins as we forgive others, when you're unwilling to forgive others, you're not going to be forgiven. Scripture is clear. You have a hard heart towards somebody, great. Enjoy unforgiveness from the Lord. This is what we mean by putting it into action. It's not an option to not go talk to somebody that's offended you. It's not an option. It's not an option to not tithe and give first fruits to the Lord. It's not an option to not remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. It is not an option to honor your father and your mother, no matter what they did or said to you. It is not an option to unjustly kill. It is not an option to lie, steal, and cheat. It is not an option to covet. This is what it means to be a Christian. It means your life is lived different than everybody else's unbelieving life around you. And you either join that part of the club and say, God, by your grace, change my heart because it is so stiff, it is so hard-hearted that I want to do things my own way. Only by your grace can I do it. And absolutely, he will go, oh, so now you're willing. Yes. Here I am. Send me.
God said, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love. Go to the region of Moriah and sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains I will tell you about. You want me to do what, God? Sacrifice my son? My only son? God, you made a covenant promise to me that stated, I absolutely will make you the father of nations. And you want me to kill the only son we've got that will make that possible? How are you going to do this? I mean, that's our normal reaction. We go, well, he probably doesn't really mean it. I mean, we know it's just a test. And we try to give excuse after excuse for God, but God literally, he believes that Abraham is fully willing, fully prepared to follow the will of God above anything else. Does God know that about you? Early the next morning, Abraham got up and saddled his donkey. He took with him two servants and his son Isaac. What I love about this is that God didn't say exactly where you're going to go. He didn't give him GPS coordinates. He didn't say put that into your phone. He said, I want you to go in the region of, right? It's just a general direction. I want you to go there. And, and he didn't say, and take just the one donkey, not two donkeys, and take a full half rick of wood. Or, I mean, he didn't give him all the details. But we, we have the temerity at times where we know God is saying, go in this general direction. And we go, well, I can't take a step yet until I know exactly how God wants me to go. Who are to be my prayer partners along the way? And is this paid off and that paid off? And is my family set before I make this great big commitment? And we keep asking God for detail after detail after detail. And he goes, I just said go. Well, I don't know how to love my neighbor. I mean, they're really difficult to love. Go. Well, I, I don't even know how to restore the broken relationship between my parents and me. Go. Verse 4, on the third day, Abraham looked up, saw the place in the distance. He said to the servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back. Yep, God said, sacrifice my son. I have no doubt, I have no worry, I have no fear that we are going to worship, that there is going to be a sacrifice and we are going to come back. Here's the confidence of the Lord. This is what being confident in God's promises is all about. Yep, my marriage is on the rocks, it stinks, but we are going to get through it. We've barely survived for the first 16 years, but we will celebrate 50 years of marriage, God willing. We will be restored. We will conquer all of the junk in this world. We will never be left alone. We will receive our daily food, house and home, every single day without worry. We will. I love this from Abraham. He is so confident. Hey, we, after worshiping, are going to come back. 
Hebrews chapter 11 tells us why he believed this. By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had received the promise was about to sacrifice his one and only son, even though God had said to him, it's through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could raise the dead. <laughs> well, I don't know. If I go to a third world country, I could die. Yeah? My body might not make it back and make it into the family plot. Yeah? And I'm pretty sure wherever your body is laying, whether it's desecrated, burnt, I don't know. Jesus, when he comes back, he's going to give a loud shout and a great command and all the dead in Christ, wherever you are, are going to raise. So it doesn't matter. Are you willing? Are you willing? you willing to have God transform your life? Or is your life good enough for you? Verse 6, Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering, placed it on his son Isaac, and he himself carried the fire and the knife. The two of them went together. Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Abraham, um, Dad, not going to be disrespectful here. But you've got a knife, fire, and I've got the wood. Where's the lamb? Here's the first point of this that I love. Abraham had been raising up his son in the way that he should go. His son knew the important parts of a sacrifice. This dad took it upon himself to lead his family in paths of righteousness, to know the word of the Lord, to act upon it and worship correctly. You take a lamb, wood, fire, and a knife. And you go to high places, and you build altars there. And this is how you honor God. When he says go, we go. And that dad led that way. Dads. Are you willing? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. I don't know how he's going to do it, but he's going to provide. You know, when you're having those finance discussions at home that often lead to, well, you spend it on that. Well, you, and the kids are in the background and they kind of hear that. And the next morning, your kid comes up to you and says, um, here's, um, here's some change from my piggy bank so we can, you know, pay stuff. Right? And your heart breaks at that moment because you realize we are having adult discussions and now our children are worried. When in fact, two adults should have been able to say, you know what, we aren't doing this right, but we are going to be at the mercy of God and God is going to provide. So that at least their children heard, God always provides. When they reached the place God had told him about, Abraham built an altar there, arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar. Isaac didn't run away. 
Isaac didn't put two and two together and all of a sudden go, whoa, whoa, I'm about to be sacrificed here. I don't think this is right. I shall run away and protect my own life. No, he trusts his dad. Trust him. Completely. He trusts him. He reached out his hand, took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him, Abraham, Abraham! Here I am. Again, Abraham's listening, right? And we know the challenge of listening. We know how difficult it is. Again, just take children. We'll take the Dyer household, for instance, all right? Cooper, come here. Coop. Coop. Cooper James. Taylor. T. T. Rose. T. Rex. Tay Tay. Taylor Rose. Cooper! Walk into the rooms. Children, did you not hear me yelling at you? Oh, we, we, um, we didn't hear you. You didn't hear me? I've been yelling at the top of my lungs for the last three minutes. You didn't hear me. You. They weren't listening. They weren't listening for my voice. They were off doing their own thing in their own world, very dedicated about it. I'm in my own space, my own world. I figure that if God really wants me, he'll walk right into my life. Yep. We expect God to get my attention rather than be his obedient creation that is expectantly waiting to hear from the Lord. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God. There's the test. Do you fear God more than you fear man? Do you fear God more than you fear your reputation or your career? Do you fear God more than you fear your own self? Because fear of the Lord is beginning of wisdom, Proverbs says. And we mean that holy, reverent, actual fear that says God is a God that will act in my life. And if I choose to be hard-headed, then God will absolutely do whatever it takes for him to get my attention. But fear of the Lord says I'm willing and I'm listening. Abraham looked up, and there in the thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over, took the ram, sacrificed that. And Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide. Friends in Christ, you want to understand God's ability to provide for you? Holy Scripture says that while we were still sinners, dead in our transgressions, that God provided a way out. Oh, he's a provider. As sin entered the world through the one man, Adam, so also grace and forgiveness and righteousness enters the world through the one man, Jesus, God's only Son, whom he loves. If you can't hear the words, you're not listening. God absolutely knows what he is asking he is the kind of God that says, are you willing? Because I am. 
I'm willing to do whatever it takes so that there's one more in the kingdom of God. I am willing for your sins to be forgiven, that you can't keep the law perfectly that I've set before you. I tell you what, I'll send my son who is perfect, who did it perfectly, and who lived a life that was spotless. And you know what? Even though it's you that deserves to be upon the altar sacrificed for your sins, I will put my son there. And in the greatest irony in all of Scripture, God doesn't change his mind. And he kills his own son for you. He is willing to do whatever it takes so that you quit acting like you've been in your past, that you would grow in your faith, that you would become a leader in your house, that your children would absolutely rise and call you blessed because you lead them with confidence and the fear of the Lord. And your neighbors will see. And the community will see. And your, your co-workers will absolutely see. But God is asking you today, are you willing? And I know it's scary. I get it. And there's fear that abounds. But I would ask this, you simply trust Him. You simply trust the Almighty God, the Creator of the universe, of this world, of you, of your family, of everything that we have, that God says, trust me in this. See if I will not bless you beyond imagination. <laughs> That's what I've been praying for for you. So you might not have been willing to pray, God, test me. But that's what I've been praying for you. So I'll take all the fault when God is testing you. But here's the deal. I'm not scared. And I'm not afraid for you. Because I know that my God will provide. Amen.